2: Thanks for joining us for this special edition of Bloomberg Daybreak. I'm Nathan Hager. Happy New Year, everybody. Of course, uh, markets are closed as we kick off 2024. Well, they're back. Last summer, you may recall we brought you a special high-tech roundtable with Gene Munster, managing partner at Deepwater Asset Management and Wedbush Securities senior equity research analyst Dan Ives. This was about halfway through the trading year. Well, now we thought we'd bring the guys back to see how their stock picks fared since they last joined us on the 4th of July. And we'll look as well at some of the trends that could shape the tech sector well into 2024. Well, let's start things off with you, Dan, and uh, remind our listeners just what you liked and didn't like when it comes to tech stocks back in the summer. Listen.
3: Apple and Microsoft, to me, are the table pounders here, along with Tesla, because of the growth themes that are going on for cloud Microsoft and Adela continues to be the core cloud and AI name. The names right now, if you looked up disaster in the dictionary, you'd see the tickers lift and snap. Those Mm. are names under no circumstance would I uh, focus on, despite maybe the stocks that have obviously sold off significantly.
2: Okay. So since the 4th of July, Dan, Apple's gained. Microsoft's up about 10%. Tesla's down about 10 percent. Kind of nailed it on the Apple-Microsoft story, but Tesla's been a little more complicated. Yeah, it has. I think
3: they've essentially gone through a price war, especially in China. And I think what we're starting to see with electric vehicles is this is, I still view it as an air pocket period for Tesla, but no doubt, for the first time, they're going through some challenges. And you know, I think right now for 24, it's about standing firm on margins, no more price cuts, and starting to ramp unit volume. That's going to be the name of the game for Tesla. But as Gene knows well, when you look out, this is still second, third inning of a nine-inning game in terms of this growth story.
2: Well, Gene, can't let you off the hook here. Let's take a listen to your July 4th picks now.
4: On the standout side is Google still not getting the credit, what they've done in AI. remember in 2017, they said they're an AI-first company. They have some of the smartest people on it. Yes, there's going to be some sort of a bump in the road related to their revenue, but I think we haven't even seen the beginning of what they're going to do in AI. And then I would put Apple in there. I think Vision Pro is one that is going to surprise investors over the next few years. And a third one, a much smaller one, is Zillow. They can use AI to finally fix the Zestimate. I think that's going to benefit Zillow. And on the ones that we're a little bit more cautious on, we're negative on Lyft. They've obviously had some problems, don't want to pile on that, but I would put Lyft in that category.
2: we're going to have to pile on Lyft just a little bit. But first, uh, Gene, you'll be happy to know Google Parent Alphabet up about 15% since the 4th of July. We mentioned Apple as well. It's higher. Zillow's up about 10%. That AI call does seem like it had some pretty decent read-through.
4: We're getting some traction there. I mean, it is... Uh, this is a theme that Dan and I operate in on a daily basis, which we're seeing where the world's going the next few years. It takes, uh, it takes time to get there, and Zillow's starting to do that. The Zestimate's been broke for a long time. It's just starting to heal. I think that that's going to add better transparency, better accuracy to what people's, the largest part of their net worth is, is their home. And I think that uh, taking some of the friction out of understanding the value of your home, I think, is valuable. And and on top of that, you get a natural boost, which I think is going to come to some of these real estate tech companies in the next year, just because rates, as they even stabilize, maybe they get better, maybe they go down. But that stabilization, I think, is going to be benefit just across the board. And Zillow, uh, other companies beyond Zillow and real estate tech that have been to say they've been obliterated over the last couple of years is an understatement, but I think they're due for a bounce back.
2: Now I want to talk about uh, both the really good calls that you both had, uh, but you both mentioned Lyft as a stock that you didn't like. Uh, you might be surprised to hear that since that 4th of July call, Lyft has gained about 55.0%. Dan, any regrets? Uh, I mean, look, you're going to see
3: maybe people talking about, could this get acquired? Could it be a restructuring story, activist? So that's definitely some of the stuff that's happened with Lyft. But the reality is they have Everest-like uphill challenges. And this is one where Uber continues to be our table pounder. You focus on your flowers, not your weeds. That's how I view Lyft. It's the little brother
2: to Uber. How about you, Gene? You still uh, um, I mean, sour on
4: Lyft? Yeah, well, it's painful to hear that, that it's up mm. 55% since I was negative on it. Um, and I have a similar type of view, is that I um, wish we would have been more positive on it six months ago, and then oh, the way we like to think about it, deep waters. is there's no rear view mirror, and uh, we have to look forward. And I'm on that same page that Dan is. I think that uh, Uber is by far and away orders of magnitude, better positioned, and I I think that uh, going forward, wish I would've gotten it right going forward, still think this company is gonna be uh, uh, structurally challenged in the next few years. So going
2: forward, uh, let's talk about the names that did really well of those uh, calls that you both had. Microsoft, Alphabet, part of those uh, magnificent seven that have really driven the rally this year. Dan, when we see the kind of gains that we've seen from those names in particular, Microsoft, Alphabet, at what point do the mega caps start to look stretched to you?
3: I mean, I still believe we're in the, just the beginning of this AI revolution. So when I look at Microsoft, you know, we spend so much of our time traveling around the world trying to understand the monetization of AI from Microsoft. For every hundred dollars of cloud spend on Azure, we think there's incremental thirty-five to forty of AI spend. You put that together, a year from now, we're looking at a mark cap that's probably closer to four trillion than three trillion. So I think th- the golden story under Nadella is just starting to take place in terms of in Redmond.
4: You still piling in to Microsoft as well, Gene? Uh, we do own it. Uh, we think that they're well positioned, and you know, I just want to put a, a little bit of a, yeah, I guess my view on on what Dan said related to where AI is and where it's potentially going. And you know, we've been struggling over the past year to try to put context into the significance of this. There seems to be this tripping over each other in terms of what are the adjectives to describe it. So I'm going to take a shot at it here, is that I would put uh, electricity in a scale of one to 100, 100 being most transformative. Uh, electricity is at 100. I would put AI at 90 or 95, the internet at 50, the smartphone at 30, uh, 3D TV. If you're curious, is a <laughs> negative five. Uh, the, it's been a while I, since we thought about because, 3D TV. Yeah, sure. <laughs> correct. the The reason why I put that into context is, um, I, it 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 I think illustrates how bullish we are, and we think we're going to see. We're in 1995. And we haven't even started to see the enthusiasm around ai and we think we're going to get a point where the uh, optimism around it in three to five years is going to be deafening uh, and it's going to be a bubble uh, good news is going into this i think you are owning companies like microsoft and google and apple are going to benefit from this massive run up you got to be careful on the opposite side of it we learned that but i'm uh, agree with this thought that Microsoft just one of those foundational AI companies, uh, uh, thanks, obviously, to their partnerships, and uh, they're going to benefit from it.
2: Interesting that you say it's going to be a bubble, Gene, because when you have the kind of valuations that we've seen for these companies and so much focus this year on this Magnificent Seven, a lot of folks are wondering whether we might be in the bubble already. Dan, I'm guessing that's not your view just yet. Why? Look, I think
3: it, it, look a lot of the work that even Gene, you know, Doug and his team have done at Deepwater, it just shows similar to our work. We are in the early days of monetization, so I don't view it as a bubble. This is not a 1999 2000 moment. It's a 1995 moment, and the monetization of AI is just starting. We view it as a trillion dollars of incremental spend over the next decade. As that is the shores of tech, I view this. Not the time to go deep into the caves like a lot of the bears have done this year, missing out. This is the time to basically get the popcorn and get ready for what we've used the new tech bull market.
2: Are we at the start of a bull market in tech for you, Gene?
4: I think so. I think that uh, to put the our our where we're currently at in terms of valuation where where we were in two thousand. Uh, call it the NASDAQ, is 25 or so multiple or 20, 25 multiple. And at the peak of the bubble, it was almost a 200 multiple, uh, earnings multiple. And so uh, we, it's just a very, there's just a lot of room to go. I agree with Dan. I, I just uh, love the way he can just capture exactly how to, to think about these, getting the popcorn and sitting back and just watching this happen because it's going to happen. And so I think uh, we're just have, We're at a point right now, I've been, uh, for the last two years, I've been more on the cautious side. And I am uh, just extremely excited about how this AI is going to impact and bring a lot of, just generate a lot of wealth for investors in the next 3 to 5 years. I do I actually have a question Nathan again mm. for Dan on this topic around okay. AI and Well, and let's monetization start, let, let, and,
2: let's get to that question in just a moment because we do have a lot more to unpack here when it comes to the Magnificent 7 and the AI okay. story. So we'll let you pose that question to Dan as we continue this conversation on big tech in the new year on this special edition of Bloomberg Daybreak. It is now 18 minutes past the hour. I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg.
5: Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at steeple.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com.
2: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
0: You know success when you see it, or you think you do. The people in the spotlight, athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers, banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
2: Welcome back to the special edition of Bloomberg Daybreak. The markets are closed for the New Year's holiday. I'm Nathan Hager. We are back with Gene Munster, Managing Partner at Deepwater Asset Management and Wedbush Securities Senior Equity Research Analyst Dan Ives. And uh, Gene, before we were so rudely interrupted by the break, you had a question you wanted to pose to Dan, so go ahead.
4: It feels like, Dan, you and I are on the same page in terms of how impactful AI, it's going to be a massive impact. There's an opportunity of the next three to five years for wealth creation as the uh, the synergies and the the revenue opportunities start to emerge from these companies around AI. It sounds like, in general, we're on the same page. And my question is this. More about 2024, do we think we're actually going to see some of the monetization from AI in 2024, or is it going to be more just announcements and building towards better products that start to have an impact on revenue in 25,
3: 26, 27? Yeah, gee, I think you nailed it. I think that's the biggest question. And to our point there, all the research we've done, I think we see monetization front and center from co-pilot, from some of the hyperscale players, starting as early as March and April. And I think that is going to be the tip of the iceberg to this broader trend we're seeing. Right now, we have over 80 use cases based on our survey work. Four or five months ago, we had less than 15. And I think that you follow, like Nathan and Gene knows this so well, you follow the use cases, that's the yellow brick road to the winners and who you want to play.
2: Okay, well, if you've got 80 use cases, Dan, and you've narrowed it down to that dozen or so, what do you think are the most likely use cases that we could see start to bear fruit in this new year? Because, like as Gene was saying, the big question is, there's so much promise around AI, you got to think that maybe this is the year that a lot of these companies are going to have to show that the promise leads to results. Yeah, and and I think where you're
3: seeing it first, uh, areas of financials, some of the regulatory insurance. There's massive use cases around that actuaries are using that we're seeing from an unstructured data perspective. Banks are going after, they're diving to deep end the pool. The use cases are massive on financials, life insurance. I also think we're seeing massive use cases, healthcare, hospitals, science is a, is a very, very big focus. And then Ironically, government, which usually Mm -hmm. is so far behind, we're seeing a lot of use cases when it comes on DOD and on defense and military and some of the agencies. And that's why we view this as... Probably the biggest transformation that we've ever seen, especially going back to mid-90s.
2: That's really fascinating because we have seen a lot of the big banks in particular, Gene, trying to get ahead of the trend on AI and getting those use cases uh, implemented. Where do you see the most uh, promising use cases for AI uh, right now?
4: Well, it's in 2024. I agree with Dan on this concept of co-pilot. And I think that when he talks about those 80 features, that's like real substance. There's real utility that's being delivered next year. When I saw some of these products previewed by Microsoft in 2023 around co-pilot, my sense was, we're going to see these in five years. And then they start talking about them being available in two months. It just hit home how fast things are moving. So I think that you will see an uptake, small uptake in Microsoft revenue next year. I think another company that's gonna benefit from this is, um, you know, outside of the banking, don't spend as much time on the banking side specifically, but we spend a lot of time uh, on social side and Mm. I think companies like Meta. And even though it's not the AI, quote, quote, AI product, I think AI making content easier to generate and, really making the algorithms more, I would say for lack of a better word, addictive and to increase engagement. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to continue to see where it actually presents itself is the the growth in daily active users and time spent, a metric they don't give out, but daily active users continues in this two, 3% year over year, which is a hard number to grow when it's close, it's over 2 billion. I think that that is going to be how I, th- I think we're going to see AI impacting these businesses. And and that's real. And yeah. and we're going to start to see, of course, obviously the hardware side, NVIDIA will continue to be a big beneficiary, maybe a little bit with AMD. And then play it forward, I think 25, 26 is when things really get cooking when it comes to monetization yeah. around AI. You know, I want to ask
2: you, Dan, uh, to think about A.I. getting more implemented in social media, there's so much question around social media, whether it's too addictive right now. And then when you think about artificial intelligence getting wrapped into it, whether that could create even more of a backlash around social media and A.I. more broadly, there, there's still a lot of concern, isn't there, that artificial intelligence has the risk of getting too enmeshed in our lives?
3: Yeah, look, it's been a concern, and, and that's not going away. But I think what Gene's talking about, I think, is a, is a very important issue because when you look what's happened in social media and you look at Facebook and you look at Google and Snap, TikTok, and everything else, I mean, AI, the monetization's real. In ter- I mean, from better word, essentially targeting, advertising, ramping. The regulators right now are in the right lane in a minivan, going 25 miles an hour. The technologies of Ferrari, <laughs> left lane, going 95. Yeah. And the reality is, regulatory, is, despite all the noise, it's
2: not stopping this freight well, train. But that, that's the thing, though. If the regulation stays in the slow lane, it raises the question once again about whether artificial intelligence has a risk of outrunning itself and getting too out of control. What's the concern? Uh, do you have that concern, Gene?
4: Well, I think that there's, uh, the companies know, I think the companies that are really defining and driving AI know of what the risks are. And I think as, I agree, I love that analogy. Dan, you are just uh, wonderful at these analogies, the, the Ferrari, they're in the Ferrari <laughs> and ripping along. And they know that, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to try my best to stick with this Ferrari example, but they know that if you go take it to 180 miles an hour, you could crash, yeah. and then you're done. And I believe that these companies know about the existential risk from AI, and there is, and they know that the the risk is uh, can be pretty. It could be a significant negative to humanity. I'm not an alarmist, but I think that uh, people. When we talk to, uh, you know, uh, Doug from our team, Dan mentioned him. He is the smartest guy on AI, and and uh, he does a ton of interviews with founders and AI, and. That's something that's on their mind. And so, uh, uh, Nathan, I think that they're going to, there's going to be this actually self regulation piece. Sounds bizarre when it comes to tech and uh, not in regulating to be nice and not, uh, uh, you know, for the greater good of all humanity, Mm -hmm. regulating AI to make sure that humanity uh, stays around. I think that that is uh, as bizarre as it is, it's a real topic. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel that. The the knowledge of the existential risk will prevent very bad things. As Dan said, the regulators are going to try to keep up with AI, and they're just they're not going to have a chance to keep up with it. And, just, and Nathan, what, I would just say yeah.
3: one thing: Gene said mm-hmm. is very important. When you talk about what's happened in self regulation, the other overarching theme is U.S. versus China. For the first time in years, yeah, U.S. is ahead of China. So the issue from a Beltway Two Hundred Two perspective, where you are, do you shoot yourself in the foot? At a time that you're in an arms race with China, where right now we have the golden child's NVIDIA, Microsoft OpenAI in the U.S., and that's that's the balance.
2: And that's the thing. I mean, we're right at the start of how to think about this technology. And 2024 really could be the year that things really start to come into focus when it comes not just to how to apply artificial intelligence, but how to keep it under control. And we're going to carry on this conversation focused on tech with Gene Munster of Deepwater and Dan Ives of Wedbush. Take a closer look as well at this magnificent seven, those seven tech stocks that have really driven the stock rally this year. That's as this holiday edition of Bloomberg Daybreak continues. It is 35 minutes past the hour. I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg.
5: Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you.
0: Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
2: Welcome back to this special edition of Bloomberg Daybreak. The markets are closed on the New Year's holiday. I'm Nathan Hager, and we are back now with Dan Ives, Senior Equity Research Analyst at Wedbush Securities, and Gene Munster, Managing Partner over at Deepwater Asset Management. It's been such a fascinating discussion so far, guys, about artificial intelligence. And so much of what's driven this excitement around AI is these seven stocks, the so-called Magnificent Seven. NVIDIA is one of them, along with Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta, Microsoft, Tesla. I think I got them all. Those seven stocks altogether doubled in value in 2023 on the uh, Bloomberg Magnificent Seven Total return index. So I want to ask you first off, Gene, was AI alone the biggest driver of these gains? And do you see it continuing into next into this year?
4: I think AI was a quarter of the of the gains and with wow. some companies more, like NVIDIA it was hundred and fifty percent of it. In Google's case, it was there's a lot of debate about where investors stand on Google relative to AI. But I think the the a biggest driver in 2023 we came off of 2022 where tech was a four letter word yeah. and now we go into 23 <laughs> no, no. where there's just this optimism that rates are going to start to stabilize or go down and and then so you have not only the benefit of wanting to have growth but the, there's still this uh, a flight to quality and so i think that that benefits some of the magnificent 7 i think a company like apple world's right. greatest company you have uh, they've been pretty quiet when it comes to AI, and the stock's up 55% this year, well ahead of the Nasdaq. And so, I think that um, I think that AI has played part of it, but also the bigger part is just our lives are becoming more dependent on these companies.
2: How do you see it, Dan? What drove the uh, Magnificent Seven rally, and does it continue?
4: I think a big part was these tech
3: companies after spending money like 1980s rock stars you know, for many years, they started to cut costs. I mean that was the Zuckerberg, you know, turnaround. I think you saw the same thing at Google and others. So they prepared for a hard landing, but instead we got a Pillsbury Doughboy soft landing. Mm. Numbers were ahead of expectation. I think that was a big piece. And then AI, it's the gold rush. You put that in there combined that creates what we've seen, especially where so many investors, institutionally speaking, were yelling fire in a crowd theater. And now into 2024, now the real monetization starts to happen. So I view it as kind of, again, this is a 95 going
2: into what I view as a three-year stretch. Gene, you mentioned that 2022 was the year when tech was a four-letter word. Obviously, this past year, much different story. What's to say that we don't see cyclicality in 2024, that we could see up and downs once again for tech?
4: You know, people like Dan and I, we obsess about where the world's going, what the next three to five, 10 years look like, how it's going to change our lives. And when it comes to markets, uh, there's this other piece to it, which is around interest rates and uh, money flows. And it's something that uh, we're not experts on and we don't uh, we're not economists but unfortunately it does have an impact and so when we think about 2024 and think about you know the impact of money flow and and rates and you know the market's saying there's going to be rate cuts next year Uh, if that happens it's going to be really positive for even though they're anticipated it will be positive for these tech stocks I, i believe even a stable rate environment this is Uh, contrarian, but I believe even a stable rate environment, so the Fed doesn't really move rates in 2024, I actually think it's going to be okay and positive for tech stocks. And because we've been through such a crisis over the past 24 months related to uncertainty around rates, even though they're higher, even though they're not necessarily going down the fact if they stay stable, I think that's going to allow more inflows into tech just because the discounting mechanism that interest rates have on it. And so I'm really optimistic about tech in 24, Uh, even though it's had a great run in 23, I think it's going to be the first year of that three to five year ramp going into what's going to be, again, I believe it will be a bubble, but we got a long way to go from where we're at to the top of that bubble.
2: And clearly, Dan, you're bullish, mega bullish on tech. I mean, the uh, stocks that we've been talking about have managed to power through despite massive rate hikes. From the Federal Reserve, how does it keep going? How how does that monetization continue into twenty twenty
5: four?
3: Well, first, I think street numbers are underestimated by five ten percent for twenty four. So as numbers are going to move higher into twenty four and twenty five, Fed, despite all the jaw-boning, boy that cried wolf, they're cutting. Whether it's two or three times, probably starting in the spring, and then you start to see more and more of this monetization that happens not just with Mag Seven but across. Broader tech. And that, what that's also going to do, it's going to stimulate MA. I think there's going to be just a tidal wave of MA. The FTC con, that's kind of viewed as a mosquito now. They, they, I mean, it's black eye after black eye, especially Microsoft, Activision, many others. Big tech's not afraid anymore. So you're going to see a lot of big deals. You probably have, you know, the, the markets is really going to, I think, go into this next phase of this monetization. And what that does, it creates. This bull market that I believe has already begun in tech.
2: It's an interesting idea to think about these big tech companies getting even bigger through MA. Is that something that's on your radar as well, Gene?
4: I think we're going to see more MA. I think the biggest, I'd love to have the conversation with Dan around Apple and AI and how they're thinking about leveraging other models or building their own foundation model. To me, that's kind of the topic of uh, the. The breakouts. Uh, We're gonna do. We usually wait till the. The the, um, uh, I I would recommend checking out Dan's projections, uh, predictions for two thousand twenty-four. He always does such a good job on it. From uh, our perspective, I think that a huge topic is going to be, you know, what is Apple going to do relative to AI, and I think that there could be some. M&A related to that, whether it's next year or the year after. And I think we will see more M&A. I don't know if it's going to be blockbuster M&A, but I think uh, there will be some blockbuster MA related to AI, companies like Anthropic, for example.
2: Interesting. It uh, raises a question as well, Dan, whether we continue to see this kind of outperformance from just these seven stocks in particular, or whether we start to see a little bit more of a broadening when it comes to the tech story. Are you looking at some other names that uh, could start to outperform this year?
3: Yeah, I think the broadening starts to happen. You, you look at the, what I view as the messy of AI, Palantir, I think from a use case pure play, it's one of the best out there. Names like MongoDB, Snowflake, are just some examples, and then I think the install base plays. It's not just what's happened Redmond in the trophy case, what Adobe's doing, what Salesforce.com's doing. Now you're taking AI into these massive install base, and I think that's why it's really giving a renaissance of growth. And I think that's something that you know when you go at G and I do. Just Mm -hmm. like he said, and he does a great job on his podcast with Doug. We're looking at, let's just don't focus on valuation. Let's focus next, two, three, five years. And that's where this fourth industrial revolution is happening.
2: I want to ask as well about NVIDIA. Obviously, it was the big focal point for AI chips. Gene, does NVIDIA need to watch its back when it comes to that kind of dominance? Are other players nipping at its heels?
4: not yet uh the key question with nvidia right now is what's their growth going to be in 2025 the street's looking for 15 percent revenue growth 1.5 now uh, that growth has been ripping a lot higher It'll be 200 percent in the uh or in the, the quarter that it just ended ends at the end of this month at the end of january the uh, as far as competition we're invested we at Deepwater, we invest in both uh venture private companies and public companies the whole spectrum of tech And we are invested in companies uh, that are building chips to compete with uh, NVIDIA and just knowing what their timeframe is. It's still a few years out before they get the chips taped to a point where they can actually be deployed. So I think that AMD Intel aren't going to make much of a a dent in this. And there's just going to be such a massive infrastructure build. I think NVIDIA is still in a great place. I, I think I'd rather have my money in companies like Apple or Google, but NVIDIA is still in a great spot.
2: All right. Well, we've still got a little bit of time left to uh, continue this tech conversation. A few more minutes time with Gene Munster of uh, Deepwater Asset Management and Dan Ives over at Wedbush Securities. So we'll continue this tech roundtable with more of a look ahead to what's in store for big tech in 2024 as this holiday edition of Bloomberg Daybreak continues. It is 50 minutes past the hour. I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg Welcome back to this special edition of Bloomberg Daybreak. The market is closed for the New Year's holiday. I'm Nathan Hager, wrapping up this hour now focused on tech with Gene Munster of Deepwater Asset Management and Wedbush Securities' Dan Ives. Guys, since it is the new year, let's hear some resolutions. Uh, Dan, what are you hoping to see out of tech in 2024?
3: I mean, I think tech stocks are going to be up 25% a year from now when the bell rings uh, going into 25. What I'm really focused on is, M&A, that I think is gonna really catalyze a lot of these names, but a really monetization of AI. The AI party, it's only nine thirty PM,
2: it's not two AM. So the ball hasn't dropped just yet. What about you, Gene? Your New Year's resolutions for tech?
4: I think we're gonna see some fracturing in the Mega Seven. I think companies like Apple and Google are gonna be Microsoft are gonna be in a great place and Uh, The rest just aren't going to perform at that same level. And I think we're going to start to see more, um, I think more performance from some of these companies that have been kind of left out in part because of just stabilizing interest rates. We have a Deepwater Frontier Tech ETF. It's powered by Innovator. Uh, The ticker's L-O-U-P. So it invests in these, call it sub $100 billion market cap transformative tech companies. But that's Ah, uh, one segment that I'm really optimistic about how that kind of sub hundred billion dollar tech trade works in 2024.
2: Since you mentioned some individual stocks there, Gene, and since we started this hour with a look back at your likes and dislikes, what are some of your likes and dislikes when it comes to individual tech stocks at the start of this new year?
4: So it's it's Google and Apple on the on the largest uh, side. I think that uh, what they're what. Uh, what Google is doing is, I think what they've showed, it was a heavily edited video, but what they showed with Gemini was impressive. And I think it's going to really emerge that GPT from OpenAI and and Gemini from Google are gonna be the two foundation models that are kind of front and center. So I see that as being a positive. And then Apple, people forget there's, I mean, Dan, Dan uh, wrote the book on this, but uh, just to strengthen uh, what's going on with the iPhone, I think is gonna be a positive, but also, I think Vision Pro is really gonna, it's not gonna, I think, surprise people in 2024, but I think 2024 is the year where investors get their hands on these Vision Pros, and the light goes on that this is really something different, that spatial computing, bringing the physical and the real world together is something that is uh, magical, and I think they're going to start to anticipate that Vision Pro over the next three, five plus years is gonna be a bigger part of Apple's business, and I think that's gonna be positive for Apple. And then uh, kind of in the smaller, I just generally think about kind of this this group of the sub-$100 billion. I mentioned, our ETF that uh, kind of plays into that.
2: Now, Dan, I know you've got a $4 trillion valuation call on Apple, so you definitely like that stock. Uh, what other stocks do you like in 24?
3: Well, I, I think this is going to be the year for AI. I look at names like Palantir, MongoDB, and I think the re-rating that happens on Google and Amazon – it's just starting when it comes to AI. But ultimately, at the top of that mountain is Microsoft. And I think that's a $4 trillion mark cap by early 25. What about dislikes, Dan? Well, dislikes, to me, it's really low quality. I mean, that's why I continue to view Lyft, you know, Snap. If you looked up in the dictionary, disaster continues to be, you know, it's dog ate the homework excuse quarter after quarter. Those okay. are the two low, low quality names I stay away from.
2: How about your dislikes, Gene
4: Munster? My dislikes would be uh, Netflix. I think that uh, Netflix, it's just not a compelling growth story. And I, I think that uh, in the midst of, and they just don't really have a good AI play. And so still a large company. There's still a $215 billion market cap that is in a hyper-competitive market with not much innovation going on.
2: Okay. We'll see if those hold up. As we
4: get to the rest of 2024
2: here. So great to have both the guys for the entire hour. Gene Munster, Managing Partner at Deepwater Asset Management. And Dan Ives, Senior Equity Research Analyst at Wedbush Securities. Let's see if we can make this a tradition. Happy New Year to both of you. And thanks to you as well for joining us on this New Year's holiday. But stay right here. The day's top stories and global business headlines are coming up right now.